Welcome to Celebration Church Online. We are so glad that you've joined us. We want you to share this broadcast with as many people as you can. We believe that it will bless and encourage us all in this season. Remember to continue reaching out to your loved ones. Stay connected with each other, especially with your cell family. The Bible gives us a pattern to look out for one another. Let's speak His word and His strength will carry us through. Continue checking our social media platforms for updates on Facebook and WhatsApp. We encourage you to share this content with all your friends and family. We are so glad to have you here today. Pastor Bonnie and I are so blessed to be able to be with you. So blessed to be able to host this great conference. We've called this conference His Church. And that's because we believe that as we launch into this new season where we're being able to gather together again, where doors are beginning to open, the church is still God's primary purpose, dream, and function. Jesus said this. He says, the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. He says, I will build my church. And so I I want to encourage you, uh, my wife and I, although we're not together because of this COVID thing, my wife is still in the USA and I'm here. I've been back three times this year to be with her. But uh, this has been challenging times, but not just for us, but for all of us. And I want you to know something. She and I have spoken. We are so in agreement about this conference. And she is blessing you and she wants she wants you to know how much she loves you i want you to know how much we all love you as well so i have good news for you no matter what's going on around the world it may look like chaos it may look like trouble jesus said that he would build his church and so we're going to launch uh over the next couple of days and nights and we're going to be having great speakers we've got bishop von mclaughlin coming all the way from the united states of america and uh, we're going to love that. And he's fantastic. We've got a, a great group of people here in Harare, Zimbabwe. We've got people listening on all types of social media. And so we're very, very excited that we get this opportunity to, once again, endeavor to build his church. Bishop Dag Haywood Mills is going to be coming to us from Ghana. Uh, and uh, we so appreciate his evangelistic fervor and his disciplined teaching. So I believe that this is a group of people that are amazing, that are going to help us get through this. We have a youth program going on at the same time. Our youth, you can get online and see what we're doing with uh, our, our young people, youth, cross-culture. But we, we, we are one church meeting in many locations, and we are now one body together. And uh, so far we've reached out to, you know, we're hoping this will touch hundreds of thousands of people as we broadcast what we believe truth for this current age, this current time, in Jesus' name. So today I want to talk and open about his church. And, uh, you know, by way of introduction, I just want to talk to you about, uh, well, some things that I think are important in our lives uh, and, and, and how it relates to the church of Jesus Christ. I, I, was, I was speaking a few days ago about how I don't really watch many movies and uh, I'm not a big movie goer, but from time to time I'll watch a movie, especially on an airplane. Uh, I'll be flying to wherever I'm going to and I'll get to watch, kind of get caught up on all my movies, especially if you go overseas because it gets to be very uh, long trips, you know. And uh, here's what I want to ask you a question. 
When you watch the movies, do you watch the credits at the end? How many of you watch those credits? How many of you take time to watch all those things and have they scroll? You know, I actually have met a few people that do that, but usually I may watch a few and to see what the actors were, and then once that's done, I, I, I want that off. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and watch for another 20 minutes of credits. And uh, does anybody actually read them anymore? Because I'm going to tell you something, even today now with these big movies, these big blockbusters, there are so many credits and they run them at warp speed now. They run them at a speed that is almost unbelievable. But again, I don't think that the normal person would want to read the names at the end of a movie. When you see, when you get to the end of one of Paul's epistles, uh, doesn't it seem a little bit like watching the end of a movie? I mean, there's a couple of his epistles. Uh, sometimes I get a little nervous with the, the genealogies. It's like, wow, I, I don't know. I used to read those, but now I kind of like the scrolls of the movie, the, the credits of a movie. I just turned it off, you know. And so same at the end of one of Paul's uh, messages, one of his epistles. It's kind of like the credits at the end of a movie. Nobody actually reads that stuff either, do they? But perhaps we should because they introduce us to people who were significant in the life of the first church, the first century church. You see, if we look at the significant characters in Colossians chapter 4 verses 2 through 18, Paul wrote these words and he said this. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful and pray for us too that God may open to us a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tychicus will tell you, all the news about me. He is a dear brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews amongst my fellow workers in the kingdom of God. For they have proved to comfort me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and to the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you, in, in, in return, read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work you've received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you.
Boy, let me tell you something. If the Christians at Colossae, if that church there is any way a representation of churches today or the church in the world, we can learn a lot about the Lord's church from Colossae. And especially from these verses here, verses 7 through 18. Within the lines of these verses, we learn why. And we learn how the Christian church. And we see some examples of faithfulness. We see examples of fellowship, forgiveness, and friendship. I think those are four points that we need to look at very powerfully in the church today. Can I point out some of the examples from these passages, from these credits of this letter? Let's start with faithfulness. First, there are examples of faithfulness. Among these are people who had labored alongside Paul and who had proven themselves to be faithful in service. Notably is Tychicus. Here's what Paul said about Tychicus. He said, Paul said to him that he was a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. The name Tychicus appears five times in the scriptures. Once in the book of Acts, once in each of Paul's, in each, once each in Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, his letter to Titus, and his second letter to Timothy. In each of these cases, and then of course here in the Colossians, in each of these cases, when Paul mentions Tychicus, Tychicus is working, he's serving, he's laboring with Paul in the Lord. Don't you know some Tychicuses? right here amongst us. Don't you know some Tychicuses around here, people that every time you see them or you hear about them or you think about them, it's in the context of faithful service. Every church has a few and every church wants more. Onesimus is listed amongst Paul's credits and he's also identified as a faithful and a dear brother. Now, Onesimus gets a brief mention here, but he's the subject of an entire book in the Bible. Actually, it's a letter, a letter to Philemon, or Philemon, some people call it. Uh, Paul wrote that letter to a slave owner by the name of Philemon or Philemon because one of Philemon's slaves had run away, and his name was Onesimus. And he'd run away from his master, and he'd come to Paul, but in the process of getting to Paul, he had found a new master in Jesus Christ. He'd given his life to the Lord. The name Onesimus means useful. Paul told Philemon, formerly, formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. A runaway slave had become a servant of Christ. He'd proven himself to be a faithful to be faithful in service, in faithful service not only to the Lord and his church, but to Paul. You know, in every congregation, there are people whose lives were once aimless and who became most useful when the Lord captured their hearts and they became faithful in service to him. Now, this is the only place where we meet a man named Jesus who is also called Justice. It's the only time in the Bible. And in verse 10, it says, My fellow prisoner, uh, Aristarchus, sends you greetings, as does Mark, his cousin, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. 
Then verse 11 says, Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. Well, these are the only Jews that are amongst the fellow workers in the kingdom of God, and they've proven to be a comfort to Paul. There's not much we know about Jesus, this Justice, other than he shared the name of our Savior, and he shared in the work of his kingdom. You know, all of us that call ourselves Christians share the name of Christ, share the name of our Savior, and we share in the work of his kingdom. These verses we also read of this man, Aristarchus. This is an amazing man. He was a powerful, powerful leader. We meet him first. In fact, Paul calls him a fellow prisoner. And, he, and we meet him first in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, in the 19th chapter, there's a riot in the city of Ephesus. And Paul is with Aristarchus. And Aristarchus is being drug away on behalf of Paul, really. Paul is saved while Aristarchus is taken and beaten and is in peril for his life. In the next chapter in the book of Acts, we see Aristarchus traveling with Paul on his mission throughout the known world at that time, to tell the world about Jesus. But finally, in Acts 27, we see Paul and Aristarchus traveling together towards Rome on a ship for prisoners, both of them prisoners on their way to Rome. Aristarchus proved himself to be faithful in suffering. He proved himself to be uh, faithful when Paul needed him the most. And again, I ask, aren't there those in the church those of you and some of us that remain faithful to the church in spite of trials, in spite of tribulations, in spite of, you know, troubles, turmoil, all the things that go on, mm. of all the characters whose names on these scroll of credits at the end of Colossians, I especially like the guy named Epaphras. Epaphras is written about here and He's a native of Colossae. In fact, he had founded the church in Colossae while Paul was building the church in Ephesus. He went to Colossae and was the founder of the church. Epaphras is also identified as a fellow servant with Paul. And therefore, is another significant note about him. And it says this. It says, he is always wrestling in prayer for you. I like this guy. He's always wrestling in prayer for you. That you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. Mature. And fully assured. Isn't that something? I think that's great. So he is kneeling for you so that you can stand for God. Epaphras was faithful in supplication. And within every church, there are those prayer warriors that are kneeling for us so that we can stand for him. Among those who Paul singles out for special recognition, there are examples of faithfulness. These are faithful men, faithful women. I think of many of the people in our own church who are faithful in these areas, faithful in service, faithful in suffering, faithful in prayer. And I think, how could we do this without a church full of such people? Faithful. But there's not only faithful people, but there's something about fellowship as well. God loves fellowship, and God made the church for fellowship. I've already mentioned Anisimus, the runaway slave who became a trusted brother. But the text says, Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. You know, I take from that that he must have originally been 
from Colossae. But where he was from and what he is or what he is not is not nearly as important as who he is now. The Bible says he is a dear brother, a dear brother. In Christ Jesus, differences of race, gender, education, class, and all other denominators that would otherwise divide begin to melt away. And the warmth of our relationship because of Jesus Christ supersedes any of those divisions. I've already mentioned Aristarchus. He was a fellow prisoner with Paul. But Paul says he's proved to be a comfort to him. You see, he's too an example of fellowship. Doesn't fellowship, doesn't relationship bring comfort to us? I think that fellowship is one of the greatest things we have in the church. Fellowship's an awfully churchy word these days. Uh, You don't hear people outside the church speak much of fellowship. Uh, But while it may be a churchy word, it is a human need and it's a universal hunger in the hearts of all men. Thankfully, In every church, there are those you can count on to stand with you. They stand with you through thick and thin. The English word fellowship comes from an old English root, and it's the word theologa, theologa, and it means to be a partner. And it's translated from the Greek to mean sympathetico, and it's to have sympathy for each other. Don't you think that we need some people that can be sympathetic and be partners with us through all that we go through? Whether we go through joy or whether we go through sorrow, whether we go through pain or agony or whether we're rejoicing and it's the best day of our life. In Christ's church, we always find that there are in every church a few that are really gifted at fellowship. Thank God for that. Then there's forgiveness. You know, the Bible's full of forgiveness. There's probably... Few in these credits whose name stands out more than Mark and Barnabas. What a story their names tell. And it's a story of forgiveness. Paul and Barnabas, they were a ministry team. They had great notoriety together. They, Barnabas had found Paul and they had gone from Tarsus and they'd gone back up to Antioch and they were sent out together and they were on a missionary journey. And uh, on one of their missionary journeys, Barnabas persuaded Paul to take his cousin, John Mark. And uh, John Mark must have gotten homesick or something on the way because the Bible says that when they got to uh, Pamphylia, Mark went back home to Jerusalem. Well, Paul was furious. And Paul and Barnabas completed that mission and they prepared for another journey. And Barnabas came and says, I want to take John Mark with us again. And Paul forbid, he said, never. He says, that guy deserted us in Pamphylia. He's not going with us again. Now, I don't know exactly what was said between Paul and Barnabas, but I do know this. Sharp words were exchanged. Maybe more than one series of sharp words were exchanged. But we only can read what really happened. We see that Silas joined with Paul and Barnabas took John Mark and they went their separate ways to do ministry. Paul chose Silas on his trip. Barnabas chose John Mark And it's a sad state of affairs when brothers separate and go their separate ways. But by the time Paul's writing this letter to the Colossians, it's 12 years that have passed. And here we see Paul's noting that Mark is with him and he sends his greetings 
to the Colossian church, the Colossian Christians. Here we have an account of the story of a disagreement, of the division between Paul and Barnabas. And they disagreed over a man named John Mark. Now, although we have that story, we don't have the story of their reconciliation. It's not in the Bible. But we do have this line right here. We know it happened because of the lines at the end of Colossians. In the credits, we see John Mark's name. Two, for sure, and perhaps three big men extended and received forgiveness. And relationship was restored. And the kingdom of God was advanced because of it. Is there any greater testimony to the power of the gospel than when forgiveness is extended? When pardon is received? After all, is that not what the gospel is all about? John Mark, Paul, and Barnabas, they extended forgiveness to each other. They extended an opportunity to work together again. Even though they had had a sharp disagreement and a breaking of relationships. Every Christian church has a similar example of restored relationships. Finally, we have friendship. There's nothing like friendship. We all need friends. Within the characters in these credits that we see at the end of this book, there are two other names that I want you to note. First, Paul wrote this in verse 14. He says, our dear friend, Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Paul's talking about two dear friends. One is Luke, who's identified as the doctor. And you know, if you read through the book of Acts, you find out that Paul probably had some kind of chronic illnesses or at least challenges in his health and it would appear that Luke joined Paul's group of missionaries first of all when they were in Troas and you see that in Acts 16 and then he traveled with Paul off and on for the rest of his life the implications is that Luke our dear friend left his home left his family and his medical practice to travel with Paul whenever Paul called upon him you know, friendship leads people to do such things. Friendship leads people to do sacrificial things for their friends. Well, I see that in our church. I see that with many of you. How many times you've sacrificed to do something for the kingdom of God, something to build his church? That's amazing. The other person noted here is a dear friend is Demas. Demas was a friend of Paul when he wrote this letter in Colossians. And uh, he was a a friend of Paul when he wrote to to Philemon. But when Paul wrote his second letter to Timothy, he he had to note in those closing credits of that letter, he said, Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. See, Paul's writing this to Timothy from a cold dungeon, a damp prison cell. He never needed a friend more than he needed a friend then. And Demas had deserted him in his greatest hour of need. Luke was still with him. Mark was on his way, but Demas was gone. And Paul said it was for this reason. He says, he deserted me because he loved 
this world. Sadly, there are others like Demas. Though you, in fact, rarely find them in church. Why? Because like Paul says, they've deserted because they love this world. They love this world more than they love the next. They love this world more than they love their brothers and sisters in Christ. They love this world more than they love the church. They love this world more than they love the kingdom of God. Ultimately, they love this world more than they love the Lord. So what do they do? They desert. This is not lasting friendship because their loyalty is to this world. And that's why you don't find them in church because they have gone back to living in this world. Let me just conclude. I want to just close this message today. Because all of these credits speak of you and they speak of me. They speak of those of us in the church. But in closing, uh, I want to point out one other name amongst the credits. It's the name of Archippus. Now, no greeting is given to Archippus, but there's a message that's sent to him. And from the context, as you read this, uh, the reference to him in Philemon 2 uh, here and in the reference in Philemon 2, it would seem or appear that he might have been the pastor or the minister of the church at Laodicea. And it might appear that he had become lax in his work. So Paul is exhorting him and he's telling the Colossians to remind him to complete the job that the Lord had given him to do. He said, tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work that you've received in the Lord. Now, we don't know if Archippus actually did complete the work that the Lord had given him. But there is another reference to the church of Laodicea in the book of Revelations. Revelations chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, we see and we learn that, he'd become a, that, the, that they had become an example of a lukewarm church. And that they had made the Lord sick because of their lukewarmness to the point of vomiting them out of his mouth. Perhaps it was because they followed their leader into complacency and laziness about the Lord's work. You see, within any church, there are those who inhibit the work of the kingdom of God because they do not complete the work that they've received from the Lord. But it's also true that in any Christian church, we will find many that have the fortitude and the stick to that persevere until the job is done. My encouragement tonight is that you and I be those people that stick to it, that we don't become lax, that we don't become weary in well-doing. The Bible warns about don't become weary in well-doing because in becoming weary, we can lose that which we started out in faith with. My hope is that as we talk about his church we begin to acknowledge how important each and every one of us in the church is, each supplying a part that others need. And so during this conference, I'm asking you to keep your hearts open, keep your hearts wide open to what God is saying to you. Each of you has a responsibility. Each of you has a cause and a call to follow Jesus into the path that he's leading you. I believe every one of you as leaders especially has a call to do what God called you to do, to, to, to fulfill the ministry that he's given you.
Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I pray now that even as we have begun this conference, even as we have opened our hearts, that, Father, you will cause great grace to come upon each and every hearer. Father, let each of us recall those who are friends, and those whom we had fellowship with, those whom we've walked in forgiveness with, those that have had great favor in our lives, those who have favored your church, those who are foundational to us. Father, we're asking, Lord, for a remembrance and a, a joining together again. We look with excitement and passion about returning. We are not those that forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but Father, we long for the day that we join our hearts together in true fellowship again. Father, we also long for the day of your return. Jesus, we thank you that we do believe that you will return and that you will take your church, your bride, away. Let our hearts be filled and our lamps also full of your oil. That, Father, we would be burning and red hot when you come, seeking you and seeking your arrival. Father, as we speak and we minister about his church today and over this conference, bless our hearing and bless those that will be speaking in the days to come. Stir your church. Let the sons of God be manifest, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, for many of you that are watching and uh, this message is speaking to you and you feel like you need a reconnection with the church or you want to know what the next steps are, you notice on the screen there's phone numbers there. Those are people that can counsel you. There are people that can answer your questions. They can help you. And uh, some of them are there to pray with you. You know, this is not the time to shrink back. This is the time to step up. Some of you have never really been involved in church before. You've never known the value or the power of it. But uh, as I've spoken, you can say, wow, I realize I need fellowship. I need friendship. I, I, I need some of these things that our pastors have been talking about. In fact, I need to be led into a place of forgiveness. And uh, sometimes we have to have help to do that. We need people that can actually support us. And that's why we've created a call center. We've created well-trained people there that can either answer your question immediately or direct you to someone, whether it be a pastor or even a professional counselor, to help us get through some of these challenges that we face. I want to encourage you. Pick up the phone. Write that number down. Get a hold of someone. Because... Now's the time to act. Now's the time to move by faith. For some of you, it's time to engage. You've been talking about, I'm a, oh, someday I will. Well, someday will never come. Today is the day. Somebody said this one time. They said, when's the best time to plant a tree? Well, that was 20 years ago. When's the second best time to plant a tree? Today. Today. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Let me tell you something. Today, pick up the phone. Today, make a decision. Today, get involved in the local church. Be in the credits when it's over. God bless you. Thank you for joining us online. We hope and trust that you've been blessed by this service. Stay connected with us through our social media platforms, Facebook and WhatsApp. As we go, stay safe. Stay blessed. Stay connected.